Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Womanomics Podcast. I'm your co-host here, Ryan. And I'm Corinne Jones. And we have a special guest in the building. Y'all know him as Todd Billy, but we know him as Charles. <laughs> Sometimes I know him as Todd. I get it mixed up. I'm like, during this podcast, I will not call him Todd. But it's one and the same to me. <laughs> nah, introduce yourself to the people. Um, you guys can hear me, right? I switched to the headset, so the audio should be a little bit better. But man, Charles Wilkins be awesome this time, millionaire. It's funny because people they really want to know what's Todd and what's Charles. And um, I would just say that like Todd is kind of like the brand of Charles, and then Charles is the person that I was born into. And so it's like Jay Z said, it's like, like nobody's built like you. You design yourself. And so, in my opinion, like Todd is the person that I'm building. Charles is the person that I was born into, and. Um, I kind of wrapped that around a brand called Tide Capital and Tide Capital is an investment. I, I would say it's like an investment education company. So really what I wanted to do was close the gap between what I experienced when I was working and what the community needed. And the reason why I say that is because I have a degree in finance. I worked as a financial advisor, series seven, series 66, life and health insurances. And then I worked and worked as a uh, private banker on the path to becoming a private client advisor, where I was working with clients who had over a quarter million dollars in assets or more. And then I left that and I went to law school and I paired my law school degree with my finance background. I was working in a family office with a family that was worth over $200 million. And so what was interesting is throughout my career, the amount of wealth that I've had access to has increased. The only thing that I noticed was there was never no black people there. And I had a problem with that for a few reasons. Um, first, when I was as a financial advisor and a private client advisor or private client banker, I couldn't really work with people who had an inclination to work with. We tend to kind of work with people who look like us, but I didn't work in a firm where the products matched my natural market. And so I had to create products that fit my natural market. And the beginning, what I did is I um, did a lot of free stuff. So we didn't charge for a lot of things. And then we slowly began to monetize knowing within like the laws and regulations, me not being licensed anymore since I wasn't with like a larger firm, I couldn't like sell investments. But what I could do is I could educate people in the space or I could collaborate with people by doing like joint projects and things like that. So we started an investment club. It had about 300 people in there. It was crazy. Um, it grew well past what I thought it could grow into. Uh, but when that happened, I realized that this guy right here had the ability to do something massive without being backed by a large firm. So I could do something large on my own. And then I took that, we started buying rental properties and that was cool. Um, turned out to be a lot of work. Um, and then what I started to do is package up all the things that I knew and just like get it to the people. And I realized that I could have a larger impact teaching what I know as opposed to being the end all be all and making people come to me. And so when I did that, a lot of things took off for me. That's dope. So I love how, you know, your brand is really teaching people, especially people who look like us, how to become entrepreneurs in so many different ways. You know, with your freedom pack, you have so many things that's included. It's uh, learning options, Turo, rental. It's just so many ways that you can make money out here and you make this, all of this financial education affordable. But we would love to know, like, when did you know that you could be an entrepreneur? That's a good question because I don't know if I ever knew. I just knew that it was something that I wanted to do. So um, I would say when I was young, I just wanted to make money. And I knew I wasn't old enough to work a job. And so I want to say I was around like 12 or 13 and my uncle had a bunch of puppies and he had some golf clubs. And I wanted those golf clubs because I didn't have any golf clubs. And so I told him, I was like, how can I make some money? And he told me, well, if you go out there and you shovel up that dog poop in the garage, I'll give you these golf clubs. And I was like, I just got to do that for this? All right, cool. So I went out there, shoveled the dog poop, ran around with the dogs for a little bit, and uh, got the money to get the golf clubs. 
so I did that. And then I don't know how it happened, but I think we like would go to the stores at like Smart and Final. And I would notice that you could buy a big box of lollipops, which is like 50 lollipops for only $5. It was very inexpensive. It was like five bucks for the whole box of 50 lollipops. And so I'm doing the math and I'm like, all right, so if I sell each lollipop for 25 cents, I could essentially make $15 per box and it only cost me five bucks to get it. It, it would probably be like three bucks to get the box. Three bucks to get the box. This is like way back in the day. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll do that. And so what I would do is I would start selling suckers. And then what I started to do is I would get like shock tarts. You could buy a thing of shock tarts for like eight bucks, but there was like 12 in there. And then I have to sell those for a dollar. There's 24 in there actually. You buy it for eight, there's 24 in there. So anyway, I started selling candy and I was doing that. And then when I went to college, we started promoting parties. We had a car wash. And I want to say college is around the time that I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's when he told me that rich people own their own business. And I was like, this is great because I'm in school for business. I was already in college getting a degree in business finance. And I'd already like just taken a liking to the business side of just everything. So I was in the frat, but I was more so focused on bringing in the revenue, throwing the events, growing the chapter, the business side of, the, of, of that. And so I would say like reading Rich Dad Poor Dad kind of solidified the knowledge that I had that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. Um, and then I didn't really understand that I needed to pair my expertise with my entrepreneur ambition until I got out of law school. Because if you look back at my path, I was doing anything that just looked like a business. And so I, that light bulb really went off for me when I was running a necktie company. And the necktie company was called Hunter Todd Neckwear. And I got the idea from learning about uh, Ralph Lauren. He started his company with neckties, selling neckties. And so I was like, okay, cool, I'll do that. And I was doing it and I went to this event, this wedding, I had on one of my neckties. And this guy asked me, he said, so are you in the fashion industry? I was like, no, I'm just a business person. And then I realized all the limitations that I had on growing that business because I didn't have the expertise in that lane. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, degree in finance, all this years of experience in finance, let's pair your knowledge and your background with your entrepreneurial ambition. And that's when I started to see massive traction. Wow. So what was the shift in your mindset at that point from like when you finished law school, you started working at a firm to where you are today? Um, a lot of people want to skip all the ups and downs that come with it. And sometimes we we're faced with so many different emotions and experiences along the way. And we don't know that that's normal as you're transitioning from either a nine to five or you're just new to this whole world of entrepreneurship you don't have a model to model yourself against. So for you, could you share with us like what has been, like where did you start in terms of how you saw entrepreneurship and working for yourself and building on your own to where you are now? I would say that I always saw the life that I wanted. I always knew the cars I wanted to drive, the watches I wanted to have, the family that I wanted to have, the clothes I wanted to wear. And I was fixated on that vision for what I wanted to accomplish in life. And so when you become fixated on the goal, the ups and downs kind of are a little bit less frustrating because I knew that even if I went through a down, the focus was always up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what happens is those downs motivate you to go even higher when you do go back up. And so I've had a lot of ups and downs. Um, I mean, even today, it's like there's ups and downs in my daily life, but I'm grateful for the downs because I know that a massive up is coming. I want to say, I remember when I made a bunch of money trading options and it was more money than I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, man, I got to get back to that point again. I got to get back to that point again. And then I got even higher than that point I could ever even imagine. And so now my mindset is like, all right, what's the next high going to look like? So 2020 was amazing. 2021 was okay. 2022 was good, but it wasn't as good as 2020. So I'm like, what's the next high? And so I'm constantly like searching the internet, looking for ideas, strategically just thinking in my brain, getting back in the lab, reading, doing all these things so I can get to that next high, knowing that next high is going to be even bigger. So my mind is, once it, get ex it gets exposed to certain things, your next goal has to be a little bit higher. So my next goal is just like massively high. 
and I'm comfortable now. I'm, I'm happy now, but I'm like, what can I get next? And so I would just say like optimism is heavily underrated. We don't talk about being optimistic enough. I always believe it can work out for me. I always believe that I'm going to win. I always believe that it's possible. And a lot of people, they become so pessimistic that they never try, they never do. The people who are waiting for perfection are actually pessimists because they don't believe it can work. And so they're looking at all these different ways that it can't work. So they got to find that one little sliver, like this is the way that it works. I believe anything that I put out is going to work. So I don't care if it's the best version of this or the most perfect version of this or the most tried and true. Like, no, I just believe whatever I do is going to work out for me. And so that's how I approach everything. And it tends to work out. I think that not a lot of people, they want to be, I'm a realist. I don't want you to be a realistic. Success is not realistic because if all that we did out here was realistic, we'd just be sitting there talking about what happened to us in the past. Oh, well, you don't know what happened in the 1800s. You don't know what happened to my grandma. You don't know who, I'm not saying who cares, but I'm saying that they would rather you press forward and do great things than dwell on what happened to them and then tell yourself that you can't do anything because it happened to them. What about you? What about taking advantage of the things that are in front of your face right now? Mm, yeah. So <clears throat> getting into taking advantage of things right in front of your face. Right now, we are in a wonderful era where we have so many opportunities to get ourselves out there, get our stories out there, get our products out there um, to take like and dominate the digital real estate. So can you just kind of maybe break down a little bit about, you know, what that what that's like because you're you doing that you're on twitter we see you on instagram we see you in our emails like we see you literally everywhere and don't get me wrong being current choose to see you you know we we invested you know in learning from you but it just shows you know how much you really stick to those you know 10x principles and being omnipresent so what do you have any like tips or just really honestly some tough love about what it's like to be <laughs> we want it we always want these tips and these tricks and these shortcuts but they don't really exist and what we need to understand is we got to put in the work to do it so from someone who puts in the work and seeing the results of your work speak on it yeah I, I would say the first thing that you have to understand is that the people that are in your immediate circle aren't your target market mm -hmm. so whether they like your post whether they share your post whether they buy from you doesn't matter a lot of times what happens is people limit what they post because they want to make sure that they get the maximum likes, and the maximum comments per post from the people that they know. So they're like, man, if my mama don't like this, if my brother don't like this, then something's wrong. And those are cool, like when they do like it, but the world is so much bigger than your immediate circle. And so I'm not posting for people that I know. I'm posting for people that I want to know me. I'm posting so that that customer that's in Georgia or Texas or Arkansas or Florida, they're going to see my stuff and they're going to see that by you being all over the place a lot. So omnipresence, I would say the two best books that I've ever read was Rich Dad Poor Dad and 10X Rule. And 10X Rule was so important to me because it removes the concept of luck from your life. A lot of us, and the reason why we're looking for that this is the best thing, this is the fastest way, is because we just don't want to put a lot of work into it. If you put a lot of work and a lot of action into it, it's going to happen. It's like they say, the law of, of large numbers. If you do something enough, something's going to shake. If you release enough courses, something's going to shake. If you promote enough on, on the internet, something's going to go viral. And so 10X rule is so powerful for me because I worked in sales and I did okay. I never did what I really wanted to do. And then I realized that the reason why is let's say at Edward Jones, they tell you to go make 20 contacts. There'll be some days I get 10 contacts. There'll be some days I get 15 contacts. There'll be some days I got no contacts. But there was never a day that I said, you know what? You want 20? I'm going to give you 200. Mm. I'm going to knock that many times. And if I, if I approach sales like that, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. If you approach success and do 10 times what you think you need to do, which is essentially 10 times what everybody else in your market is doing, you're going to stand out. It's impossible to not stand out. And I started to realize that the reason why I wasn't successful in certain spaces had nothing to do with anything that I couldn't control. It had everything to do with what I could control. 
And so my only responsibility was to go crazy. And so that's why I go crazy. And that's why I've seen the results. I've seen the 10X work. The reason why the investment club grew to 300 people is because I went crazy 10X. The reason why all these different things happen because I just go crazy 10X. I need to cycle back and read the book because there's a lot of individual principles in there that I've kind of gotten away from. But I would say the two best books you can read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 10X Rule. And then for some reason, I'm finding that a lot of people, even if they read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it doesn't lock in because they haven't read Cashflow Quadrant. So I got to throw Cashflow Quadrant in there as well. We're going to call it the same book. But yeah, omnipresence is so important. You got to be, and, and the worst part about it, what frustrates me is it's free. It literally costs you no money to post on the internet and people don't do it. It's a free gift for you to find customers. And it wasn't always like that. It used to just be like posting pictures to show pictures of your food. Like you look back at my old personal Instagram, it's like food pictures, car pictures. There was no offer, no call to action. And then I started realizing like, I can use this same thing to tell people to buy my stuff. So let me just do that more and it works out. That's really cool. Like. Being in the Talk Capital Mastermind, that's what, how I found out about the 10X Rule book. And what stood out to me when we would talk about it in the masterminds is how you can 10X anything. And I, at first I would think, wow, like if, if I intended to go to, as a mobile notary, visit 10 nursing homes today. And I remember Bruce was saying, why don't you make a list of 100 to visit? So I immediately thought, well, wow, that's just too much. Like I don't have the capacity because my mind couldn't wrap myself around it. But if I sought out to go to 100, I'm going to go way past the 10, way past the 10. It's not just necessarily getting to 100. And so mm -hmm. it's changed the game of how we think about the execution, how we think about getting there. And that's just the biggest game changer. But along the way with like 10xing things, you have to make those sacrifices. So if I'm setting out to visit 10, 100 nursing homes, then that's going to change what my day looks like. That's going to change how I prioritize other things. So what has been some of the biggest sacrifices you've had to make. And I know that there has to be some for you to reach that level of success you amounted to. I would, I would say um, in the beginning of my journey, I always talk about what I was doing business-wise, but I don't really talk about what I was doing work-wise. Mm -hmm. So I was working. I had a day job. I was working in a personal injury law firm. I have a law degree. And so I was there probably about 60 hours a week just because of how my life is situated. So I live in the Inland Empire. I commute to LA to go to work. LA is about during traffic hours, high traffic hours. It could be about an hour, two hours, like a two hour commute. So you can either drive two hours or you can take the train two hours. So I'm leaving the house at six to get to the office at eight. And then what I would do is I would work until seven because I didn't want to ride in the high traffic hours. So if I left the office at five, then I'll be in traffic for two hours and get home at seven. So I'll just leave at seven, get home at eight or take the train and get home at nine. And so I was working eight to seven, which is an 11 hour day, five days a week, plus all the commuting time. And then I worked a weekend job. So Saturdays and Sundays, I was typically working to get the extra little bump that I needed to be able to save and invest and pay off credit cards and that kind of stuff. And then sometimes even after I left that work job on that weekend job, I would go and I would do Uber late at night. And so the sacrifice that I was willing to make was investing what I had to get to what I want to. And a lot of people, they're not even working hard enough there in the, in the stuff that, that's easy. The low-hanging fruit, is, a job is low-hanging fruit. All you got to do is show up and get paid. So if you're not showing up for as many hours as you can, that's a problem. Now, the thing is, while I was doing all that, and the, even when I was on the job, I would still be like drafting emails, doing social media content and doing all that stuff. So you can run things simultaneously because that's just how the internet works. We don't have to show up somewhere to work on our business. All you got to do is pull up your phone. So I'd have this screen on that. I have this screen on Twitter or this screen on Facebook or this screen on Gumroad or this screen on whatever. I'm just running sales, running promos, doing all that stuff throughout the day. And so I would say in terms of sacrifice, I had to sacrifice hanging out, taking vacations, um, buying, buying designer, doing all that stuff. I had to literally crack down and go very, very frugal. And I'm very big on frugality, especially when you are at that point to where you're grinding to get to that nest egg. Is It's actually more of a flex to be frugal than it is to spend money that you don't have to look like you have it. Like if I don't have it, I really don't want to look like I have it. 
because that's going to keep me trapped in the space of not having it. But the thing is, is if you live that way, there's going to come a time when you have so much more than anybody else could could imagine. Um, the things that I've sacrificed, I get in abundance now. So the designer stuff, the vacation, the steak dinners, all that, I get it in abundance now. I do it whenever I want to. Like, oh, we got a steakhouse here, let's go to the steakhouse. But I, I wasn't doing that. I would go, it, would be a, it would have to be a very special occasion, like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. We're going to go to <laughs> Fleming's, girl. All right, get ready. And now it's like, we went to Fleming's. We were in, we were in downtown LA. We just went to Fleming's. Like, are right, we going to Fleming's? And so like the sacrifice comes back to you in an abundance. And I, I don't even look at it as like a, a sacrifice. I look at it as an investment. And a lot of us think that you have to only invest capital. There's so many other things that you can invest and ultimately get a return on that aren't money. You can invest your time, your talent, your experience, your value, all these different things are going to get you that ultimate return, which could be money and likely will be money. But I only share that with people because when we aren't creative on the things that we are, are capable of doing, we always reduce it to money. Not realizing there's other things that we can do that are going to bring the money to us. So, I mean, there's multiple layers in, in what I've done in terms of like just showing up and helping other people. So a lot of the connections that I have are just because I showed up and added value to somebody else. I showed up and helped them make money, showed up and helped them get sales, showed up and taught a class for them for free. Like the reason I'm even in the course game is because somebody said, I think you can teach courses. I don't believe in myself to teach courses. And so I showed up, I taught a course for him for free, or not for free, but for very low cost. And then he wanted me to teach another one. And I was like, hold on, player. I feel like I have some more value here. We should negotiate a better split. He didn't want to negotiate. Shout out to him though. Uh, we're still friends <laughs> to this day. No ill will. But um, yeah, I would just say like adding value is gonna, I don't believe in, in, I don't believe that anything that you do doesn't ultimately add value to where you're going. So anything that you do, even if you don't see the immediate fruits of it, they're going to ultimately allow you to win in some form. No, that's a, <clears throat> that's, uh, I just want to talk about you pouring into people very quickly because as recipients of the weekly pour into, you know, I want to talk about just how transformative masterminds has been, you know, to you and your business, your growth and mindset, just coming up with you know, new ideas and stuff like that. Um, books play a big role in fueling creativity, but putting yourself around like-minded individuals that are not, you know, necessarily in the same industry does just as much, you know, if not a little bit more. So I want you to talk about kind of like how you came up with the idea of creating the mastermind and also like how have you been a part of masterminds that, that you know, have grew and stretched you? Um. I can't honestly say that I've been a part of that many other masterminds. Everything that I've been a part of has been one that I've kind of created. I was a part of the morning um, morning meetup with David Shands. Um, and I did get a lot of value from that. I met a lot of really good people, um, learned a lot of lessons. Um, the only reason why I'm not a part of that is because it was at five o'clock in the morning every morning. And they, I'm not going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning every morning. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the only reason why I'm not a part of that. It was the, the price was fair, a ton of value. Um, I can't think of any of the masterminds that I've been a part of, um, but I would say that the reason why I created it was a lot of it is I just share my knowledge and my information on the internet. And then with that comes a lot of DMs and a lot of questions. And when you start to get a lot of DMs and questions, it kind of leads you to believe like I need to set up a place where people could just ask these questions without me having to respond to every single DM. And it, you can kind of, it's like a system almost. So the mastermind really is a system for me to show up once a day for an hour and answer all the questions that people would have had me spinning around, answering multiple DMs the entire day, the weekends, the evenings, you never know when they're coming in. You never know how it's going to be phrased. And then also it allows other people to get value from the questions and answers that are being uh, being asked or posed. So that's the reason why I did it. But also I have a passion for solving a lot of the issues that plague the African-American community. And so I don't believe that it's anybody else's responsibility to solve our problems but us. 
And I believe that we're going to get the best solutions when we solve our problems as opposed to waiting on somebody else to give us a solution. And with that comes creativity. You have to create it because if the solution already existed, the problem wouldn't be existing. So therefore, anything that is going to help us take to the next level has to be created, has to be built. And so I think that at the root of everything is why I do what I do, because I don't believe it's the government's job to save us. I don't believe it's any of their culture's job to save us. I don't believe that they're going to do it, even if we get put it on them. And so I just create these things and I build these things. And I also participate in the things that other people are building. So, I mean, I'm a part of a lot of different of these real estate funds that are out there. Um, I've invested in those. Um, anybody has something they want me to speak at, I'm going to show up. They want me to promote something, I'm going to promote it. So for me, the the big vision is just to help us get out of last place, to help our communities be healthy, to help our communities be safe. Like, that's really my goal. And I think that is why I couldn't just work a job and make money and say, well, I got money. It's like, no, my purpose is bigger than just me making money. My purpose is about you having a good business and her having a good business and him having a good, like everybody having these good businesses because what I've found is when I had, when I worked all these jobs and I had the exposure to all these different things, I was just studying other cultures. So when I was working in the bank, I would notice different things that Asian people did that helped them win. When I was working in the bank, I would notice certain things that white people did that helped them win. I would certain, notice certain things that Arab people did that helped them win. And so I wanted to bring those things to my community and shine that light. And so a lot of my content really is just like, this is how we think it's supposed to be done, but this is how they're doing it and how we can do it. And that resonates with a lot of people. I might not always like use which group it is, but usually I'm just like trying to show us a better way of the things that we want to do. And so the mastermind really just came about of me being able to amass a significantly large following and then realizing that I needed to have my own community and also be able to control it because you never know when Instagram or Twitter or any of these people are going to just fold on you or shadow ban you or whatever. So it's a lot of different things that kind of created one thing. Yeah, it's so interesting you share that because right before we started the podcast today, I mean, the episode, I was telling Tierra that very thing. I was like, I kind of want to take a different direction with this session because I sense that you have a bigger vision of why you do the things that you do. I, I get that you create accessibility. I get that you want to give back, but it's so much bigger than that. And so I was going to say this question to the end, but you kind of already answered it, but I'm curious if you have more to share. Like, what legacy do you want to leave? Um, not necessarily when you die, but overall, like, what is your vision for all the work that you put in, all the selflessness um, that you, you do to make things better for me as an entrepreneur, for Tierra, and so many other people that you don't even know. So I know you have a bigger vision. So what is your legacy? Wow. I just, I want to make us competitive i don't want us to be the charity case of the world or the country um it's funny because i was driving through i was driving to vegas this week and i was looking at all this land out here and i was like man it'll be crazy if we just had our own community and so i'm thinking like well how do we get water out of here how do we get electricity out of here how do we do all these different things and i haven't really because on one hand, I'm kind of scared because it's like you build something like that, you expect a tax. But one thing that I always tell people is that the reason why America has such a strong army is because the country is so dope. So you can't just build something dope. You got to protect what you build. You got to be willing to fight for what you build if what you build is lucrative. And so we always talk about like, oh, if we build it, then it's going to burn it down. We'll protect it then and fight to the death and be willing to get, get to that point. Like, it sounds really crazy, but you know what also sounds crazy? It's all these shootings that are happening in the hood where a different rapper's getting killed every other week. So much so that I tell people, it's not even just the famous rappers that are getting killed. It's the this rappers out there getting killed that we never heard of. It's just the famous rappers get on the news. But you go to these cities and it's always somebody getting robbed or shot or killed. And so I want to change that. That's what I want to see different. Um, but it, it's it's going to require a lot more than me and I think that's what makes it such a dope idea is when something can't be done just by you now you're on to something 
if I have to start fielding meetings and holding conferences and holding all these different things to bring people together to really take a community, either build it from the ground up or revitalize it. And I think you might have to build a whole new community because revitalizing something is going to be way more difficult. You're going to have to fight through the current existing politicians and the bureaucracy and all the schools. So if you just go and buy some land in the middle of nowhere and so we building this up, it's going to be a lot easier to then put everything you want in, in play. And so I'll say if that were to be my legacy, that would be great to do something that you can actually see, touch, and feel. The digital stuff is cool because it's relevant and it's available to us. Um, but I mean, that's, that's a tough question I haven't really thought of, but I'm glad that I haven't, I haven't had that thought because I think that's what I want to do is build something, build something. Um, and it's funny because a, a part of the reason why I was looking at that is because I look at like some of these countries that, aren't the United States. So you look at like parts of Africa and you're like, man, what can we develop or build there? It's like, why do that? Why go all the way over there when you got this desert over here or you got this land over here that we can just build something there? So it's a lot and it's kind of scrambled up because I haven't really put it on paper or really put it into thought, but I think that's where my mind is trending is to kind of build what we want as opposed to begging for a place in somebody else's society. Yeah, that's dope. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm on Elon Musk stuff. I got it. <laughs> it's funny. I gotta. I have to be okay with things that might not make sense to other people, that's or right. people might be like, "Oh, that that's that's crazy. Why would you want to do that?" Like, okay, all right. We gonna just keep setting up our water lines and setting up our electricity and creating turbines and stuff. And you're gonna want to come in the black utopia. Exactly. It's gonna be walled in. It's gonna be a big old wall <laughs> around. You can't get in. It's only one way in. It's got a big old gate. Right. No, that's good. And it's funny because we had a earlier episode um, and last season I was just talking about like the yay effect. I gotta say it the right way. The yay effect, but really just right. Have to- <laughs> right, right. I always say yee effect, but it's the yay effect. <laughs> Kanye West. But the point is um, we were just talking about having that unwavering belief of self. And I think that not I think I know that just in talking to you and experience you and even just spending time having this type of conversation with you you see your level of belief in self that you've had from way back then right way when you were thinking about the cars you wanted thinking about the watches you wanted thinking about the life that you wanted to live and you know a lot of people call that you know manifesting and things of that nature but you know we can't manifest what we don't act on right but we have to believe that we can actually achieve these things even when they don't look or feel or sound achievable. So I think you're such a prime example of that, but can we just like touch a little bit, maybe if you have, I don't know, like a pointer or something to give to someone to help them understand like belief, how important belief in self is and you know where you kind of got yours from or how you've built to be where you are now and how you believe in a way that you believe in yourself now, excuse me. Man, you know what? I would say that my pointer would be that you have to determine that you're great despite what the outside world says. Mm -hmm. And the way that I kind of gained this level of belief in myself is it was taught to me from my mom, which is, I think, the same thing that happened to Kanye. And the reason why that's important is because when I'm not sure, I've just experienced it multiple times in my life where I had this belief in myself because I was taught this way. And then you go into the world and the world says like, you whack, you ain't shit. You're not going to amount to anything. And you're like, but that doesn't make sense to me because my whole life I've been told that I'm great. So that doesn't make any sense to me. I got to figure out how to prove that I'm great. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that the most important thing is to not take your cues from society. And the reason being is even if you are great, you're still going to get 50% of the world that hates your guts and has nothing but negative things to say about you. But there is going to be another side of the world that loves you and says nothing but great things about you. And so you got to just stay on the side of the fence with the lovers and ignore the haters. And that's what I do is I already know anything that I share or promote is going to get hated on but it's also going to get this different level of appreciation and acceptance where people can't get enough of it. 
And a lot of people never get to that point because they never share who they truly are. They're just trying to toe the line their whole life. I don't want to offend this person. I don't want to offend this person. And they just ride down the middle. I'm willing to take a stance on something so that I can find those people who truly rock with me, even if I get 50% of the people that don't, because I can make some money and I can make some impact and I can create some value with people who rock with my true self, as opposed to the people who don't really know what I stand for. I've never taken a stance. I just keep my head down, show up, get my paycheck, go home, do what I'm supposed to do. That's what I, that's not what I was here for. And so I would say my mom definitely did it and I'm grateful. And that's one of the things that I try to instill into my son is confidence, belief, knowing that he can do whatever he wants to, knowing that he is great, despite what anybody ever has to say, because we got to realize that people aren't against you. They're just for themselves. But in being for themselves, sometimes they're going to say and do some things that are going to be perceived to be against you. So your employer doesn't necessarily dislike you. He just needs to use you to get to his end goal. Your responsibility is to identify what's going on and not let that happen. That was good. I had a question. I forgot because I was really in tune with what you were saying. That's really good. That's a different perspective to have, and it's so much more productive. So when I when I think of like, if I line up ten entrepreneurs who have the same amount of um, desire for their achievements as you do, and those ten entrepreneurs don't reach your level of success, and not just monetary, but just just as an example, they just don't get there. What, just based on just your experience with working with so many entrepreneurs, what are they lacking? What are they not doing? Because I think that would speak to probably a lot of us because that would be typical. Because I think you, um, in my personal opinion, you are an anomaly. You sat, you're different from the majority of people. Um, and you create these, these spaces that, um, you create this space that make people feel like you, I can be where you are. I can achieve what you have. And that's why you share so many big things in your books that you read. Um, you create mastermind spaces. You make um, uh, resources accessible. So it's nothing stopping me from achieving a million dollars in gun roll sales. Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time, many of us don't get there. So what are, what are, a lot of, what are those 10 entrepreneurs lacking that you have or you overcame? I, I feel like I was going to say one thing, but I'm going to say another, and I might still say that other thing. I think what I have the ability to do is be a contrarian. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I believe that being a contrarian is important is because we went through a situation where everybody was negative and everybody thought that the world was over. And I saw it as an opportunity and I went all in on that opportunity. And so instead of just letting the world dictate what is possible and what should be done, I decided I'm going to do it this way. And so I think that being a contrarian is such an undervalued skill set because everybody can, everybody can listen to the news and the news can say, it's a great time to buy a house and you go buy a house. Everybody can listen to the news and say, Oh, don't buy a house right now. Interest rates are high. They're unpredictable. And then they don't buy a house. I perceive the facts and come to my own conclusion. Typically, my conclusion is going to fly in the face of what people are telling me to do. And so I think that that is one of the skills that I have. And it's not even something that I just was born with. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. I have a huge library right here. I haven't read in a while, but I've been kind of slowly reading through certain things. But I think that reading gives you a unique insight that most people will never have because most people don't read books and so if i can read a book by warren buffett or benjamin graham or peter lynch or whomever jim kramer and learn something that somebody will never know i get to act on the information that they will never have which means i'm going to look very crazy but i'm also going to be making a lot of progress and so i would say that being a contrarian taking in so much information that you can come to your own conclusion as opposed to just adopting the conclusions that are handed to you is a unique skill. The other thing I would tell people is I'm a promoter at heart. So if it wasn't for Instagram, when it, when it wasn't Instagram, I was promoting on Twitter. When it wasn't Twitter, I was promoting on Facebook. When it wasn't Facebook, I was promoting on MySpace. When it wasn't MySpace, I was putting flyers on cars. And so I'm a promoter at heart. And I feel like that is the gap between a concept 
and a very successful business is how hard you can promote and market that thing relentlessly and get it in front of people's faces. And so a lot of people just aren't promoting hard enough. They're not making enough noise. They're not seeing enough. They're not creating enough podcasts. They're not doing enough YouTube videos. They're not doing enough tweets. They're not putting their link out there enough. They're not sending out enough emails. And that's where the 10X rule comes into play is I realized that if I want to win, I need to go crazy 10X. And I would say that those are the two things, is being a contrarian and be willing to market and sell your face off. Like promote like your hair is on fire. And if you don't get like, like what's, what's interesting is in the beginning, when you first start, you want the likes from your friends and family, just tap the button, tap the like. But what happens when you really make it big is it's, it's bigger than a like. They have like reverence for you. They be bragging about you, talking about you on the low. So if you can just push back, just getting their little baby likes and push past it, now they're going to be whispering about you where people will be talking about you. You're not even in the room anymore. They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 blah. Check this out. Look at this article. Look at this post. That's where you really want to be. And you can't get there if you're steadily just marketing to them and pushing towards them. Yeah, that was a great question, uh, question Corinne. That was good. Um, I would say for, so I just recently finished the 10X rule and I would not have read it if I wasn't in the Thai Capital Mastermind. <laughs> so shout out to you. Um, and right now we're currently reading Finish What You Start, which is a really great book about executing and following through. So that's like our, you know, book club book right now. But uh, for the 10X rule, I wanted to know what was your biggest takeaway? I was talking to someone the other day and I was just saying like, my biggest takeaway is time. Focus on now and the future. That's it. And that book has, I mean, tons, 10 million tons of gems, but that one always just kind of stuck out to me. And I wanted to know, like, was there a something certain that took, stuck out to you or, you know, something that you took away that was like very prominent and maybe, you know, changed the way that you started to do things? Man, so I read the 10X rule I want to say cover to cover a while back. And then I read the audio book. And then what I would do is I would listen to different chapters on my way to work to kind of get motivated. So it's really difficult for me to say like, that's the gym that I got. But if I just had to pick something right now, I would say that there was a line that he said in the book. And he said, I don't believe in balance. I believe in abundance in all areas. And mm -hmm. I love that because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we have this idea that if I work too hard on my business, then I won't be able to be a good father or be a good wife, or be a good mom. If I work too hard on my business, then I won't be able to be relevant and helpful at my church. But what I found is when you work really hard on certain things, you become better at other areas. And so it's kind of like this, I wouldn't say defeating or defeated belief that we have, but I think that might be the best way to use it, where you hold back on success in one area, thinking that it's going to give you the time and the ability to be successful in other areas, not realizing that if you actually went full throttle towards your success in your business, it's going to allow you to be so much better in church, in your family, as, uh, as everything. And so I think that that's what I took from that the most. And the reason why I think it's important, and this is what's interesting is like, moms can give you good gems and they can also give you gems that kind of hold you back. And one of the gyms my mom always told me was like balance. You need to have balance. You need to have balance. And so I would always try to have balance. And when I saw that quote, she was the first person that I sent that quote to. I screenshot it, <laughs> highlighted it, sent it to her. I was like, you always told me to have balance. I'm supposed to have abundance in all areas. So now she knows like my mindset is always on abundance. I want abundance. I don't want more than enough. We've always been told like, oh, you don't need that or blah, blah, blah. And I think the needs-based thinking is either scarcity-minded or poverty-minded. Because I want more than just what I need. I want an abundance. And an abundance allows you to have what you need and take care of what you got and help others. And so that's the that's the thing that I took from there. I mean, there's things that I act on immediately, of course, like the 10X rule, 10X level of action, setting your goals 10X higher, um, commit first, get started, or get, get started, get fancy later, commit first, figure out the rest later, all that stuff. But I would say that the balance piece really struck a toll with me. So let's get back to the basics. Like, what's your morning routine? How do you start your day? <laughs> I don't have a morning routine. Um, you do. So, you honestly, have to do. You must do something consistently that that sets your day for success. 
Besides the master. You know the problem is I was I was on my phone last night and I was looking for a picture in San Diego. So I wanted to find a picture of me and a family member. And I found a picture when we were at the San Diego Zoo. And I I I uh I saw a picture of the lion. And the lion was just laid out. Like he was just napping. And I was like, I feel like when you get to a certain point, like when you're like the king of the jungle, all you want to do is chill. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, unfortunately, that's kind of where I am right now. I just be chilling. So, like, I hate, I it's not an inspiring answer, but I would just say, like, I'm always up by, like, 6.30. I don't sleep in. And then usually what I do is I look at the stock market. I see what, what the stock market's going to do for the day. I make me some coffee. And I might play a quick game of Madden. And then by that time, usually my son's up. And so we'll get up, get him dressed, get him ready for school. Um, and then if there's an 8 o'clock call, hop on that 8 o'clock call. And that's it. I don't have, like, a super, like, sexy morning routine. I never really have had a morning routine, honestly. Like, I've never really had that. And I've read books like uh, The Morning Miracle, and I've tried to incorporate things like that. It just has never happened for me. Um, I know when I get up and I exercise, I tend to have a way better day. I haven't been in the gym in about two weeks. I don't know why, but <laughs> I haven't been in the gym in about two weeks. I need to get back into that. But there's things that I could be doing that I don't do. But I think a part of it is just like the lion in me. Like the lion is ferocious, but he's also lazy from what I've seen. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, like you said, once you reach a certain level, you know, <clears throat> you deserve that rest and relaxation. So uh, this is our final question, but what, and you've given like so much already, and I know people are going to take a lot from it, but if you could sum it up, maybe what are some tools that you have in your toolkit that helps you show up for your business every day? I would say the first one is optimism. Um, just believing that it can work despite what everybody is telling you. If you're somebody like me, you ever sh shared like this interesting idea that you have that could be done and you put it on Twitter, usually what's going to happen is you're going to find a bunch of people telling you why it can't work. And you got to ignore them fools and just do it anyway. And so I would say that optimism is, is one. Um, being able to look at facts and come to your own conclusion is another, even if that conclusion is not widely accepted. Because as an investor, you have to be able to do that because you're constantly going to be sold on different things and told different things so that they can get your money. And you got to be wise enough to look at the facts yourself and not make an emotional decision. Um, I would say persistence is something that you must have. Because it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be easy. You got to just keep pushing. You got to have belief in yourself and what you're doing. And I think the persistence and optimism go hand in hand. If you believe it's going to work, you're going to willing. You're going to be more willing to be persistent. Um. And I would just say that you have to believe that you're great despite what anybody else says because usually you are great. And if you aren't in a place where you feel like you are great, do some things to make yourself great. Read books, go to conferences, get on podcasts, go work for people. I think that working for people is an underrated like principle. And a lot of the things that I learned, and I, I guess I kind of took this from Rich Dad Poor Dad, is like the rich, rich people don't work to learn, work to earn, they work to learn. And so I put myself in position to work under entrepreneurs. And so the reason why I was working that weekend job is because I was working under a black entrepreneur. And I had to realize, I had to figure out how did you get to this point? When I was working in that, in that, uh, in the, the family office, I was working hand in hand with the actual owner of the office. I'm just asking him questions, picking his brain. And so don't underestimate the power of working for somebody because you can learn a lot. They're going to share with you a lot. You're going to see them not just in their mentorship and their coaching, you're going to see how they legit go through life. And so you're going to see how they handle bad customers, see how they handle good customers. You see what they do to bring in good customers. You're going to see what kind of hours they work, what kind of commitment that they have. One thing that I noticed is a lot of entrepreneurs work on their birthday. They don't care about their birthday. They care about just winning. And these are little small things that you'll, nobody, if you go and sign up into somebody's like group, they're not going to say, first thing you got to do is work on your birthday. 
No, they're never going to talk to you about that, but you're going to see it if you're in the space. And so that's what I would say there. That was good. Well, we want to just thank you so much for sharing your time with us, dropping all of these jewels. I mean, you definitely are a giver to our culture, to our community. So, you know, we appreciate you. Of course, we want to know where to find you, how to learn from you, drop your socials. Yeah, so this is a really good conversation. Um, I haven't really been asked questions like this, and I think it created a really good conversation that made me think made me kind of dig in and I think people are going to get a lot of value out of this content. So um, kudos to you guys for those questions. I would say that you can join the mastermind at tiecapitalmastermind.com. You can find all the courses and information at the link in the bio at Todd.capital on Instagram. I, I changed the, the link, the direct link, and I'm not even sure what the direct <laughs> link is. It used to be tiecapital.co, but now it's not that anymore. Uh, options of Todd.com for the options course, Freedom Pack US for the Freedom Pack. And I think that's it. Um, yeah. Well, we're grateful that you that we had this to able to share space with you. Um, one thing that I really appreciate you appreciate about you is that you're so relatable. And um, when I first joined the mastermind, I mean, Tierra knows this. Like, I didn't want to say anything. I felt super intimidated. I felt like, oh, what wins do I have? I'm not, you know, killing it with 10k a week. I don't have anything to offer, but you make it very clear that all wins matter um, and you open yourself up to questions. And so I just enjoy that space that you've created. And it's helped me create other communities outside of the mastermind, just building relationships like that, because we all have gifts. We all matter. We all have something to offer. It's just a matter of us recognizing that within ourselves. So I just thank you for that contribution to the community. I think you're creating a ripple effect. It's rubbing off of my 16 year old son. I share things. And so he's going to love to edit this video <laughs> because mm -hmm. I, I talk about you so much. So he's going to probably watch it in full because he's an entrepreneur himself. So I'm just immensely grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you. So, Here, you got anything else? Yes, we appreciate you and your time. If y'all guys don't have that Freedom Pack, get the Freedom Pack and everything else, affordable education. And of course, join the mastermind, man. We we get in there, we get busy, we get out our goals, we get out our gratitude, and we just pour into each other and learn. So if you are not in that group, get in that group, join us and stretch, grow yourself. But yes, thank you guys so much for watching. Check us out next week, every Womanomics Wednesday for a new episode. Peace, y'all.